The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Rana Levy. Rana is a storyteller and educator living in New York. When she was 30, Rana met someone she fell for, but wasn't ready to be serious with. They reconnected four years later and stayed in each other's lives long distance before they started dating again, only for Rana to find a new hurdle for their happiness together. Hey, Rana, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, it's good to see you, and uh, yeah. And thank you for having me, it's great. Of course, yes. I'm so glad uh, for you to come on and share a story today. Um, yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Okay. Um, well, the the theme is love hurts, and yes. um, you know we know, yeah. And this was um, a long, I'd say, 16, 17 year portion of my life about love, and. Um, how it was joyous and how it hurt. I mean, that feels like right on brand, on brand for what this podcast is. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, okay, so I, I guess I'll just dive right in. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah, where do things start? Started um, in Manhattan. I was a high school teacher for one year. I was trying to figure out my life as a young person does. And um, I ended up teaching in a high school. I had credentials. I was teaching in a high school. It was in Hell's Kitchen. I was teaching freshman and sophomore, and it was tough. I was very young. This was 1987, okay? And um, before Hell's Kitchen became Brunch Kitchen. <laughs> and, I, um, and I was assigned a, a mentor, a, a teacher who had been there for many, many years. Um, he was, I was in the English department. I was teaching freshman English and um, speech and literature to high school kids. And this gentleman named Lee was my mentor. And he helped me make those, you know, trip really traditional board of ed lesson plans, which I didn't know how to make. He helped me. He helped me manage the classroom because this is Hell's Kitchen. This is in the 80s. These are high school kids. Um, very different from my high school years. And Lee was, he helped me with everything. And he introduced me to the other teachers, brought me to the bar on Friday afternoons where the teachers hung out. Um, I, I joined the softball team, you know, the teachers would play the students. And um, mostly we became very close and we actually would like to find, we, we would find a classroom, an empty classroom. We would just talk for hours, you know, when we had a free period, then I would go do my teaching. He would teach his students. and. Um, you know, eventually he asked me out on a date and we started dating and we we started dating like, I guess, maybe the early winter. We dated through the spring. Uh, school ended through the summer. Now, I didn't go back to teaching. Um, I was excessed. If anybody knows the Board of Education, they didn't need me. I could find another job. And I was like, nah, screw that. I ended up going to Brooklyn College in the fall for graduate school. But Lee was a teacher. He'd been tenured. He'd been there for many years. He's 12 years older than me. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because I was, I knew that you were saying he was like a mentor in that way, but I didn't know like age wise, if there was a difference in ages at that point. So 12 years older. I'm 30. He's 12 years older than me. He had a 13 year old son. Okay. Divorced. Anyway, he asked me out on a date 
and officially like a date date, even though we'd been hanging around in a group, I'd been part of the English department, the teacher's uh, social life. And we had to change the date because I was out of town, whatever. And he had to change it for a couple of weeks because he had to see his son that following weekend. And I was like, ah, a son, a 13 year old son, he's divorced. That means he's going to be seeing his son. That means there's custom. I just, you know, I didn't want to get involved. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're at an age where you're just like, this is more than I want to sign up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm not ready for all this. I'm still trying to figure out my life. I'm teaching, but eh, this was, wasn't what I want. What I wanted to do was be an actress. Okay. But that wasn't quite working out in New York. I got this teaching gig. So move ahead. We started dating. And then in the fall, I was no longer teaching. I went to graduate school, but we still dated. And then it began to get, he wanted me to meet his mother. And it began, I I just felt he wasn't pressuring me at all, at all. He was the kindest, gentlest most generous person, but I was so insecure and so immature. And I thought I'm not meeting anyone's mother. This is too much for me. I ignored his phone calls and I just disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. So you're like kind of in this casual situation and you're all, you're already like, okay, he's got a kid. That's like a little bit more than I want to sign up for. And now you're like, oh, he wants me to like meet his family. That's also a little bit more than I want to sign up for right now. Like the easier thing to do is to just like back out of this. Yeah, back out. And I'm not I'm not very good at saying what I need or want. So instead of saying, you know, this really isn't work for me, I just disappear. Yeah, it's like the the ghost thing before that term had a name yet. Correct. It was very mean. You know, it, I, I just it was very mean to absolutely disappear. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's like a little overwhelmed and not knowing what to, like, I think it's that thing of like you, you sort of knew what kind of knew the words in your head of what to say, but you didn't exactly know how to say them. Correct. And you're just like, okay, the easier thing to do is not say them and hope that he understands what's this thing in my head that I didn't say to him. Yes. Right. I've been Absolutely. It, it was just easier. And, you know, don't forget, this was the days of answering machines. So when he would leave a message, I wouldn't respond. There was no call waiting or no phone ID. So I, I didn't know. So I go on my life. I go to graduate school. I'm in, you know, Brooklyn College. I don't leave New York. Yeah. So you're still like in the same city. Correct. Um, and actually he lived in New Jersey. Okay. So there's a little distance, a little right. less opportunity to potentially run into each other. Exactly. We were not going to run into each other. He lived in New Jersey, um, commuted in, you know, to, to, to the high school in, in Manhattan. Um, so we were never going to run into each other. So I go about my life. I assume he goes about his life. We don't run into each other. I don't bump into anybody from the school. I, you know, I, I mean, I, it would always weigh upon me that I ignored him, that I ran away, that I disappeared. And he was a, just a, a wonderful, wonderful person. It was just, but I, I did what I thought I needed to do at the time. Four years later, I'm still in Manhattan. I'm living in the Manhattan at that time. Okay. Um, I get a phone call from him. And he invites me to a retirement luncheon because one of the teachers that we worked with at the high school was retiring. And he asked me if I'd like to go. It was June. And I thought, why not? Why not? I would like to see the teachers that I did work with. I had fun with them, drinking, playing softball. Lee was a great guy. Why not go? And I, in my head, see, I had already made this big plan. 
I was moving to Los Angeles in August. This was June. And I figured, why not go? I have an easy out. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, there, there's like the worst that can happen is like in two months, I'll be leaving the city. And moving exactly, the exactly. And I was leaving the city because of my, one of my dearest, oldest friends from college um, lived in L.A. Actually, it was an old boyfriend, but we just we, we, we just became friends, um, wrote a movie. And it was going to be a straight to video movie. Um, and he asked me to come out and I was, I was going to do extra work. And I thought, this is my ticket in. I'm going to do extra work in this movie. I'm, this is a perfect opportunity to move to Los Angeles. Um, and so I was leaving in August and I figured, why not go to this luncheon in June with Lee, meet all the, my old friends from the high school. Perfect. We go to the luncheon and we start going out again. And it's like, <laughs> is it? and when you go to this lunch, like when you go to this luncheon is like the spark that was kind of initially drew you together. Is it like back immediately? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt so comfortable with this man. He was so easy to talk to. He was interesting. He was a listener. You know, I'm very young and I'm figuring out my life and he listened. He was so interested and the spark was right there. So when you were initially kind of dating, it felt like the two of you got along really well on paper. It was just like, the excess stuff that was getting in your head, but just like as like two people getting along, that all worked really well. And you're feeling that again now, four years later. You can't see me. I'm shaking my head. Yes, yes. It worked (laughs) very well. I was young. He was ready to settle down again, so to speak. Okay. He has a career. He has a home. He has a kid. He has a car. You know, he has everything. He's settled, if you will. I'm figuring out my life. I'm teaching. I don't like teaching. I want to be an actress. I'm moving around. (laughs) You know, I'm not ready for any of that. So we go out, we go to this luncheon, the sparks, we we get back together, but I'm leaving. I've already committed. I've already sublet my apartment. I I have a place out in Los Angeles. There's there's no, I'm staying here. I'm, I'm going. And Lee says to me that he's going to wait for me. And this is like an open-ended trip. Like in your mind, you're like, Correct. I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to get discovered. I'm never going to come back to New York. Like, oh, that's-, that's my plan, Brian. That's my plan. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go out there. I'm going to get discovered. I'm not moving back. I, I've, I've sold my, my, my furniture in New York. I did sublet my apartment just to sublet it for whatever reason I did. Um, but no, 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 I'm not coming back. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm going to LA. I'm going to make it. And is there a part of you at this point, so you have this like two month kind of fling over the summer, and is there a part of you that is thinking like, oh, maybe I should stay? Or were you just like, no, I want to go to LA and see what this is going to be at this point? I don't, I mean, yeah, I I don't remember. I I have to be honest. I don't remember. But I think I was so single-minded that I have to try this. I have an opportunity to go to Los Angeles, to do some work, to meet some people. I have to leave. Well, and I guess there's also that element too. It's like it's it's it was probably easy to have fun with Lee, knowing that there was a end date in this. And I guess thinking about it any more than that, you're rethinking about the problems that initially kind of drew you away from him the first time, right? I guess. Yes, absolutely. I it, there was an end date for me, so why not? Yeah, you know. And um, he said he'd wait for me, which was like, no, no, dude, I'm I'm I didn't say dude, but I'm I'm not coming back. <laughs> You know, um, and, and I left. 
And um, we started writing letters. Okay, this is pre-computer. Well, there were computers and there was some kind of <laughs> email beginning, but there was, we, was, we were doing U.S. mail. Yeah, okay. And he would type these long singles on a typewriter, no less. That's what we used. Single spaced, like three page letters, you know, just telling me everything that he's doing, what's going on in the school, what movies he had gone to see. He really loved independent movies, off-Broadway theater. He loved restaurants. You know, he would come into the city and he would just tell me everything and talk about life. And, and the last paragraph or two, he would always, then he would start to say how much he missed me. He wished that I could be going to the movies with him or I could be going to dinner with him. And then he would jump that like, like after a paragraph, he'd jump back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I know this scares you off. I don't mean to say this, but this is how I feel. I mean, he knew, he knew me. He knew that. I also like how he's having the running commentary, like (laughs) as the letter, it's like happening during the letter being written of like, I'm yeah. getting excited about this. No, I can't get excited yes. about this. And it's all happening right. in real time as you're reading this letter. Exactly. And and knowing that that I yeah, I would I would push away and he would um he would uh apologize for those those paragraphs. And we, you know, we just would write letters, we would write, I would tell him all that I'm doing, you know, the, the auditions that I had, the plays that I'm doing, you know, I, I would be off on that kind of a stuff. Not saying that, like, I wish you were here. You know, I wish. Um, and he was right. And this went on for seven years. I lived in L.A. for Whoa. seven years. And we would call each other once in a while. Of course, there were no cell phones. So you'd call on your landline. And I think I think if I can remember correctly, long distance you had to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, listen, I'm waitressing. You know, I'm I'm not making a lot of money here. Yeah. So the letters are the best thing at that point in time still absolutely absolutely the letters are the best thing and was there any like in that seven years did either one of you like go back go to the other person okay when i first moved there so i moved there in in august of 92 um lee came out um his son was going to berkeley so lee came out with his mother to visit his son in berkeley and then Lee came down to visit me in Los Angeles. That was the very beginning. That was a month after I moved out there. Okay, yeah. So okay. it's still like that lingering, the summer feelings are still like, it's kind of the height of like, this is still great and nothing. Yeah, still the early fun stages of that like rekindling yeah. of this thing. Rekindling early fun stages. And it's like, I know he's going to go back to New York and I'm going to stay yeah. here. Yeah, it still doesn't so mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I'm, I'm, and he, and he respected the fact that I was trying to figure out my life. He was, he was, re- I, I, respectful, generous, understood, but was willing to just allow me to be me, which was also a hard thing to accept, because I've, I've never met anyone who did that you know, who just allowed me to be me, allowed me to have my, my quirks, allowed me to have my, I'm my, my, um, how can I say this? Figuring out who I am. He just, yeah, allowed I guess just me- kind of like, just sort of letting you find yourself and being yeah. very supportive of like that journey for you at that time. You know, you, you just gave me chills when you said that, because yeah, that's the way to articulate it. That's what he did. And I didn't realize it at the time. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess maybe that was a little bit of that, like being 12 years older or whatever, where like he has that perspective of like, oh, where I was in my time in my life, like this is what I would have wanted and maybe getting to letting to be aware, like giving you that agency, I guess, to let you have that moment for yourself too. And I took it to the exclusion of like, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, are you like, like, so over the seven year period, are you dating other people? Like, are you... Like, is Lee part, like, is Lee kind of, like, the best romantic p- moment in your life? Or are you, like, trying to date and not think about Lee, but then every once in a while, like, a letter comes and you're like, oh, Lee. I didn't date anyone. I, like, I think I might have gone to dinner. I remember this gentleman, this guy I went to dinner with twice, but that was, like, it. And and it was, was it because, like, Lee was taking up that space in your brain? Or was it just, like, the way life was at that point was- in time? Good questions. Um, part of it was the way life is, was or is that was at that time. And I, 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 whoever I met was, I couldn't, didn't equal Lee. Yeah, you're comparing them to Lee, yeah. even if you weren't actively trying to compare them. Yeah. To and other men, boys, whatever, were, were so immature. I don't mean immature frat boy, frat boy drinking, partying, immature, but it just, you know, um, didn't compare and and I was I was really busy trying to get my um career going and I had hooked up with a bunch of women that I I was waitressing with and we and they be, they're still my good friends today um and we became friends so to me it was uh, I was I was having a good time working and really trying to get my my career going um I dated a couple of guys nothing at all lengthy or serious and I found out after the fact that Lee didn't date anyone either Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, we were attached to each other, but I just wasn't allowing it. Well, Um, I guess it's like, like a saying, not allowing it. You're not allowing it because of the realisticness of like, yeah, you're on two different coasts. And if neither one of you is ready to move across the country, like, what are you supposed to do kind of thing, you know? And. He certainly wasn't. He was he was in the middle of his career. He was in the middle of his teaching career. Yeah, and career. I guess it's like yeah. you at least feel like you have enough going on that is keeping you in it. Like there was no part of you that's like, this isn't working out. I should just go back to New York and be with Lee. Like enough is happening in your life to say like, I want to keep trying to be here and seeing what happens. Correct. Not only is enough happening, but there's always at that age, I, I think still there's that possibility. I still had that possibility. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to leave because yeah, there was you that to possibility. Be near the space where the things are happening. Correct. So this went on for seven years. And finally, at ni- it was 1999. I just started thinking more and more. Lee and I were writing more and more. And I, I actually had that, believe it, I was waitressing, but I also had begun teaching. I'd begun part-time teaching in a, in a, in a, co- in a college in Los Angeles. And, you know, it, it's seven years later, nothing's happening. I'm not, I'm not a star, you know, I'm not discovered. I'm teaching. My family lives on the East coast. What am I doing in Los Angeles? What am I doing here? So in 1999, I moved back to New York. I moved to Brooklyn and um, Lee knew that I was coming back. Well, actually, I moved back to the East Coast. I didn't have my apartment yet in Brooklyn or a job. I lived at my sister's in Massachusetts for a, a couple of months. Okay. And, and Lee knew I was there and he said he wasn't going to come there. He just said, listen, let me know when you are actually back in New York. And finally, in October, 
I moved back to New York, October 1999, and we started dating again. And, um, you know, this time it was re for real. You know, I was here. I knew I was here. Um, I was I was teaching. I, I, I was not I was no longer I gave up on my union cards. I was no longer trying to be famous movie star, actress, extraordinaire. I was teaching. I was back with Lee. And I, things were were great. You know, this was this. I was back here for keeps. This was the, the beginning of my life. Yeah, I guess it's like now you're back probably closer to where like Lee was in his life when you first met him, right? Like you're now closer yeah. to being at that point in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on my, on my way. Uh, and I'm yeah. yes. You're like and settling into you're in that world of like this is just what my life has a clearer path. Yes. that I see than it did when I was 30. Absolutely. And one morning we're walking home. And so Lee still lives in New Jersey. Okay. And okay. he, um, and, and he would come, you know, he's still working. He's still teaching. I'm here teaching. So I'm in Brooklyn. He comes to Brooklyn on the weekends. And one morning we were walking back to my, I remember this clear as day. We're walking back to my apartment from Starbucks. And he says, you probably want to think about what furniture you want to take from my house. I'm thinking well, that's that's odd. Number one, what do you mean furniture? Does he not like my furniture? Is he giving me furniture? Does he want my apartment to look? I, I, that was just I didn't understand at all. And I'm laughing like, what are you talking about? And then he tells me that before I had come back, maybe a year before I came back, he had been diagnosed with metastatic melanoma, which meant it was in his blood which meant it's not like you can pick out the melanoma and get stitches, right? It's in the yeah. bloodstream. And that's it. Oh, man. And, and so this was not something that, like, you had talked about before you had come back? Nope. Man, nope. and so he had been kind of like, not that he was doing this alone because there's other people in his life, but it just, man, what a hard thing to come back to. So he tells this to me, and then he says to me, now, of course, this is still infancy and internet i don't even know if there was google yet i i could research that and but he says to me that he had gone to columbia the library at columbia university and did all the research and there's nothing to do and he's simply going to let the melanoma the cancer take its course he had he had that was what he was going to do he had resigned himself to it's just however it's going to happen is going to happen oh god and i didn't know what to I, i'm i'm trying to look up stuff i'm trying to Again, I don't know if it was Google on my whatever, you know, computer with the modem, you know, the dial up. Yeah, modem. but at like, yeah, that time there's at least like a search engine. You could there was, yes, like the basic, there were. No, basic right. level search. There were search engines and I did try to, and I was in total denial. Like, no, no, no. I, I'm seeing that you can do this and there's basil and squamish. And I don't understand those terms. I'm, I'm not listening. I'm, 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 I'm going to wall up saying he's going to be fine. This is fine. This is fine. And then the reality, you know, and it just started becoming real. Um, and how long? So I know you said this like happened on one morning when you were back. Like how long correct. have you been back together with him before you kind of found this out? A couple of months. Okay. Yeah. A couple of months. So it's I mean, like probably just at the point where you're kind of really starting to see a life, like a real life in person with him. I am starting to see a total life together, a total life together. And um, 
this just shattered everything. Yeah. So he tells me and he's still okay. And so we, we maintain a relationship, you know, we go camping, uh, we go camping with his son. At this point, his son is almost 30. You know, he was a teenager, like yeah, so, yeah. so, so many years ago. Um, his son is now 30 and we, and, and Lee loved camping and he introduced me to go camping. We would go out, you know, to the Tetons um, in Wyoming and into Maine. And we would, you know, go a lot of camping. I loved it. And we would go with his son. We went to Europe with his mother. You know, I, met, I finally met the mother that I didn't want to meet, right? <laughs> and I spent a lot of time with her. And I really became very, very much a part of his family. He, his family was only his son. You know, he had no brothers and sisters. He had a lot of first cousins um, in Israel. Um, and we all met in Paris. I met his, all of his first cousins. I met his, you know, his mother's sister, his mother. We would go out to eat like almost every weekend, possibly. Well, not every weekend. Quite often, his mother lived in Manhattan. We would go out to eat. His son still lived in California. His son would come in. We went out to California to visit his son. So we lived a very full life, as full as we could. Yeah. So like, even though there is this kind of like news and there is this, there is this like thing happening that is like just there under the surface you're still able to live this like very exciting, loving life together for a while. Yeah, we did. It was, it was, we, we had good five good years. I mean, he, and he met my family, you know, he came to my family's house for Thanksgiving. He met my dad. Um, Lee was a, 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 an avid guitarist. He played a lot of songs and my nephew played and they would play. He would come to mass. My family was in Massachusetts and Lee would play guitar with my nephew. And, you know, he would, smoke cigars with my brother. My brother um, is like 12 years younger than me. So um, <laughs> yeah, so there's 24 years between them. Um, we became very much entwined into one another's families. And we, we lived, we lived, we lived as fully as we could until that chemotherapy started. And then things just had to slow down. So he actually ended up going to Memorial Sloan Kettering and getting, uh, there was a couple of things that were tried. Uh, one was interferon, which exists to this day. And it, it I'm not going to, I'm not a medical person, but um, it didn't, it didn't do anything. And he ended up getting into Memorial Sloan Kettering and he went on a, a protocol of um, pills that he would have to take at certain times of the day. And, and it begun, it begun to shrunk. He had some tumors in his groin. He, and I'll, I'll, I'll go back. For, let me go back a second. He had a, a large tumor in his um, left thigh, which he had had taken out and it left him with a drop foot. So he needed a walker and a cane for a while, but then he was able to um, walk, but you know, your left foot, he drove a standard and I guess you need your left foot for the, do you need your left oh, for the foot? clutch clutch? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So he actually ended up having to get an automatic car uh, because he could no longer use his left foot. So that happened. And then he did get into a protocol in Memorial Sloan Kettering. The tumors went down that it, it had begun to grow. We thought things were looking good. They were looking good. And then all of a sudden they weren't looking good the tumors came back and the pills, the protocol wasn't working. So now he goes to a, another protocol and he gets actual chemotherapy and that's not working. So I'd say the last year, 2003, he died in 2004 was the whole, it was filled with the chemo and, and um, yeah. 
And I, I, I like didn't believe it until it really I, I was in denial until it happened. Yeah, well, I guess it's like, yeah, as you said, you, you two had really found this life together. Finally. And it had happened the entire time. Like, basically, since you got back to New York, you found that out very soon after coming right. back to New York. So it's like the entirety of this kind of new life you have together. That news is yeah. still like there. And yeah. but I guess it's yeah, it's not real until I guess it's it is <laughs> real. The news was there, but he didn't dwell on it. He had, as I said earlier, he had resigned himself to that, even though he did go to uh, Sloan Kettering and get the protocols. The first time he told me, he had resigned himself to the fact that he was just going to live his life and let it take its course. So that's what we did. Yeah. We lived and he invited me to, you know, be in his life with him and not dwell on it and not be sad, but to live. And as I said, we did a lot of traveling. I was involved very with his heavy, heavily. I was with his family. He was with my family and we just lived as richly and as fully as we could until we couldn't. Well, I guess it's like, you know, it goes back to, I'm thinking of that, like, kind of that summer, the four years that passed and then you, you re meet at this luncheon, right? And yep, yep. you have that summer together where, you know, that there like is a deadline that things are going to end or like I guess in this new version there that you don't know the deadline but it's the same mindset you're spending that summer kind of eternally as you two are just yeah. living your life together yeah yeah that's that's I never even thought about it that way but yes thank you um and so um and so we did and um you know, the last few weeks were tough. His son kept coming in back and forth from Berkeley. Um, you know, his mother, at this point, his mother's 90. And or 90, 91. And she's watching her only son succumb to this. And Lee's son was 30. Like the same age that I was when I met Lee. And, um, and then, you know. Uh, and then it was just, uh, uh, it was just a peaceful end at home. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 um, and, and, you know, it was a peaceful end at home and, and, and it was just a lovely serve. There was a service and, and I'm very, I'm still very, very close to Lee's son. Um, who's now, I don't know, in his late forties and has his own son <laughs> and he still lives out in California. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, Lee's mother died 10 weeks after Lee. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Um, but, but, but those 10 weeks in between Lee's death and her death, I, I picked up where Lee left off. I took her shopping every week at Zabar's. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, we went out to dinner together, you know, and, um, and I maintain that. And, um, and that's the joy and hurt of yeah. my love, of my love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a, it's, I mean, it's such a big story too. Like that is, you know, the, I guess it, there's still time left in your life, but that's like the big love of your life to this point. Right. You know, like that's a lot of, you know, I mean, that spanned 17 years. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause the, the amount of time that you actually, what the percentage of time that you were actually like dating is such a small percentage, which is, you know, very small. I'm sorry. Small. I'm sorry. There wasn't more of it, but it's, it's great that you got to be in each other's lives for that whole 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is, it happened the way it happened. It is what it is. Yeah. I, 
can think about it like that now. It's been, I mean, listen, he, he died in 2004. Okay. We're going on almost 20 years. Um, yeah. And I, was it I, like, I guess it's like at one point, um, yeah. Was that like, did it not feel like this all encompassing, like hurt, I guess, after uh, losing him? It was like, how I was just starting. Now I, now I was ready. Yeah. I was starting everything. It was all coming together for me. How, how is this possible? Why? It was coming together. I, and, and, I can analyze it and ask about the universe till the end of time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I had, we had what we had. It was, it was life. It was, there was a, um, yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, it's over all those years, we had such a small percentage of time actually physically together, but we were always in each other's lives. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say that. Like, it says something that even though there was only the amount of time you were physically together, the importance that each of you had for each other was very clear because of the way that you kept each other in your lives over those years. And I have all the letters he wrote me, of course, (laughs) and his son gave me all the letters that I wrote him. Oh, that's so sweet. So you have the conversation. I have the whole conversation that we had the whole the seven years that I was in Los Angeles. I have that conversation. Wow. That's yeah. It's funny. Like I don't write letters to anybody any anymore. <laughs> Who but does? It's like, Who does? <laughs> like what, but what a nice thing to be able to have now. Yeah. Um, I, I do have them and I, I look back and I can see all those paragraphs where he said stuff. And then he was like, like oh, I don't want to push you <laughs> so away. Like, I'm not supposed to say this right now, but this yeah. is what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so that's, that's, that's my, um, that's my story. That's my love hurts story. Um, and it hurts, but it was, listen, it was joyous. And I, and I consider myself as many people do who are in love. Very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. I I, no. And I, and, I feel lucky uh, that you were able to share this uh, with me and all, you know, with people who listen, because I, I think it's such a great story. I know it's obviously a hard, has a has not a happy ending, but I liked being on the journey with you. Uh, thank about you. This, about Lee. It was, thank um, you. It was a, it was quite a journey and um, it's my journey. And, you know, I still, my family still, you know, we, we reminisce, we talk about, Oh, Lee would have done this and Lee would have done that. And we remember when Lee did this. So it's lovely. It's, it's, it's still part of our, our family, uh, still part of the family lore, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this, Rana. And thank you for, for asking me to share it and letting me share. It It was wonderful. Of course. Um, If you, if people want to know more about like stuff that you do or, or things that you got going on, is there anything that you want to share? I'm in the middle of rebuilding my website. Okay. It's just, you know, RanaLevy.com. Um, I'm building it now. I'm, you know, right now I have nothing going on this summer, which is fine. I'm kind of taking a break right now. And um, uh, get back into storytelling um, soon. Thank you so much for sharing that story, Rana. And yeah, people go check out uh, Rana's work and website. And Thank you. Great. Thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate this. This was this was fun. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. 
Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.